actual player game design podcast. I am your host and game leader, Jessica Crimes, she, her, and from our regular cast, I am joined today by... It's a me, Goji. He, they, please. Lovely stuff. And we are joined by two special guests today, both of which you will have hopefully heard on the show before. Uh, let's start off with Roz. Hello, I'm Roz Shihar. And we are joined once again by co-designer of the game we'll be playing today, Laura K. Buzz. Yeah, hi, I'm Laura, I go by Shihar, and I helped make the thing we're about to do. Woo! If you have somehow, despite my constant barrage on every media feed available to me, uh, missed this, we have a Kickstarter going that everyone on this show right now has a game in, essentially. Uh, it's called Pretentious Games for Villains and Bastards. It's a nine-game anthology on Kickstarter now. Uh, link is always in the episode description. And it is now fully funded. So if you back Hooray! the project, you're definitely Woo! getting a book. Sick. It's going to be cool as beans. Today, we will be playing Kissing in the Weird Future. This is a bit of an outlier with pretentious games in that it was actually made on this very show, on our most recent Let's Make a Game episode with myself, Goji, and Laura. Um, Goji and Laura, just if either of you between you would like to give us a bit of an overview of the premise. Yeah, the oh, we did a bad thing. We, we did an amazing thing. We did a wonderful thing. <laughs> so, uh, Kissing in the Weird Future is a tabletop game where you play as Agents of Cupid, which is an acronym. You go through time basically trying to make alien relationships work out. There's the evil Dipuck, which is Cupid backwards as an acronym. They're evil, they're messing up the time stream, they're breaking up important relationships... We're hopping between time and dimensions and going, hey, aliens, we gotta get you to smooch to fix the timeline or everything screws up. You do some recon, you find out what the aliens are into, you help you help make them do a smooch, you, you make sure that Dipuck don't screw it up right at the end. That's the game! That is, yeah, a pretty complete summary. This is going to be the first time, at least, that I've personally playtested this game, and I believe everyone on this call. The idea is... In Pretentious Games, we're going to be including a version of this game that uh, I'm going to be essentially expanding, adding more content to, refining it. But to be able to do that, I need to know what needs improving on most. So we're going to be running through a game of Kissing in the Weird Future today. And as we go, hopefully some things will come up where um, either me as the person running the game or our players can point at it and say, yeah, there's room for improvement. And hopefully give people a bit of an insight into that process. Maybe that's going to happen. Oh, we're going to play it and realise that actually it's a perfect game on first yeah. try and there's nothing to be one. improved. You know, we're, we're just that amazing at game design. Everything's perfect. I mean, when you're making a game where you get to be like a, a special love baby making aliens kiss, I don't really think there's much to be improved. Sorry, what was that about being a baby? Did I, did I miss the bit about being a baby? Are we actually cherubim? Yeah, we yeah we're cherubs. That's news. <laughs> well, I mean, exactly. if you'd looked at the at the rules, you'd oh. look at the rules. I just I was looking yes. at character creation. It, uh, oh yeah, no, it does say the small kind with cute wings. Wow. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah. My char- my character concept is uh, suddenly way uh, 
way different. I'd say lean into it. Let's create some cherubs then. So we are Cupid, Cuties United, preventing interdimensional disaster. Um, as has just been summarised, uh, Cupid are cherubs, your traditional, you know, Cupid with a bow kind of imagery. Taken up past 11, past 12 on the dial, up to around a good 19. The first thing our agents are going to need are names and outfits. Has anyone had any thoughts on either of these for their characters? Uh, yeah, um, I've been thinking about this. Uh, and I think I'm going to go with the name uh, Skip Schoolchuck. Ooh. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> All right, tell me about Skip. Uh, Skip Schoolchuck uh, really joined Cupid um, basically straight after school. Uh, and really just sees it as a job. Um, okay. They're here just to, you know, cash their paycheck and maybe help some weirdos get it together. Passionless passion. Passionless passion. He, he's here for the, you know, for the for the work of it, for the challenge. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's just a job. It's just saving the universe, yeah. Do you have an outfit in mind for Skip Schoolchuck currently? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking Skip Schoolchuck is like properly like green beret you know special special forces just like all camouflage um lots of pouches and like tactical gear tactical gear you know the stuff that they try to sell to insecure suburban dads okay i think skip is going to be interesting to have in the party let's see where that goes i'm sure it'll be fun (laughs) goji or laura do either of you have character names in mind um, so I've got a slightly different direction. My my uh, cherub is Eloise Darkthorn, who is a deliberately Ooh. emo angsty punk cherub. Um, like the oh, kind who's yeah. given themselves like a deviant art name to write like depressing poetry. Um, their the, their outfit is the kind of thing that you would you would put together when you're like a like a 15 year old who's just gone to Camden for the first time and you're like I see clothing oh with spikes God. on it this is perfect I, I I want all of the spikes <laughs> um are, are they trying to believe in love again well well I here's the thing about Louise to her there's nothing more punk than falling in love in the face of hate being being in love oh, when man, the world right. is horrible is the most punk thing you could do. I love this. I am on Eloise's yeah. side all the way. <laughs> all right. I'm excited Not just because they dress like me back in the past. Uh, Goji, that brings us to you and your agent of Cupid and or Chaos, apparently. Yes. Um, mine is going to be named Amorous Mo. Um, <laughs> sort of like Beautiful Joe, but with kissing and aliens. <laughs> and um, Amorous Mo uh, is wearing a perfect perfectly tailored tuxedo with those like slatted rave glasses oh bright neon pink can i can i just say i was so tempted and i didn't do it to give my cherub um glowing neon shutter shades i'm so glad someone here has the the slatted shades (laughs) (laughs) i've taken it from you i absorbed the idea straight from your brain you're like the like the second person I've heard today talking about Shutter Shades. Are Shutter Shades about to make like a huge comeback? They're just fun. They're fun to look at and to think about. I'd never actually wear them, but I like I like to have them in my mind. They're a nightmare to wear, but like I conceptually love them. 
his amorous mo wouldn't look out of place on like the cover of an old Kanye West album. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They they look like they should be the host of like one of those old uh, mid two thousands dating shows, like on MTV. Oh sure, okay, um, yeah. Not quite, not quite <laughs> as far as mystery from the pickup artist. I sincerely hate to drag us back on track, but limited time. I think we're going to have to power on through. Uh, your characters have some stats. This is a two-stat game. You Our stats are kissing, which is used to do anything relating to romance, flirting, or interpersonal relationships, and weird future, which is technology, weirdness, and hostility. You have six points to split between them, and higher is better. The lowest they can be is one. The highest is six. So if you would like to just allocate yourself six points between those stats and let us know what you've chosen. All right. Um, Amorous Mo is going to have four points in Kissing and two points in Weird Future. Yeah, that tracks. Um, Roz, what have you got? I think I'm going to go the opposite opposite way around. Four in Weird Future, two in Kissing. I was tempted to go one and five, but I think... um, I think uh, Skip Schoolchuck has a little bit more kiss and power than than he even lets on to himself. Secret kissing power. That's what it's about. All right. And Laura? Uh, I'm... In that case, I'm going to have Eloise go right down the middle. Three weird and three kissing because, you know... Uh, they are an equal equal split of slightly hostile edgy punk, but also believes in romance. They're 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 equally split in their passions. I want to go to a house party with Eloise Darkthorn. <laughs> Sounds like it'd be a good party. Um, just so you know, uh, these stats will change throughout playing the game. <gasps> Uh, any point, you can move one point from Weird Future to Kissing by being moved by a powerful display of emotion. And you can move one point from Kissing to Weird Future by being unnerved about the weird world you're working in. Which I think we should dive into now. Let's generate a world. Uh, this is a zero prep game, and I have taken that utterly to heart, as I am wont to do. I have done... No scheming, no plotting, no preparation for this. We are instead going to be generating our world using some tables that are included at the back of the book. So uh, the first thing we need is our setting location and our setting material. I'm going to roll 2d10. Unless anyone else has dice to hand and would like to do the honours. Go ahead. Yeah. Our setting location... Number two, the cinema. So it's not going to be a cinema necessarily as we'd recognise it perfectly, but it's kind of an anchor to build the world around because we all understand what a cinema is. Yeah. In the distant recesses of memory at this point. Our setting material, this is basically just one material that is either used, naturally found, sent to to the economy. It's just a material that is featured incredibly prominently in this weird future world. I rolled a five, which is bone. <gasps> oh, <laughs> nice. The bone theater. <laughs> oh dear. Bone is one of those wonderful materials that I'm fully ready to commit to absolutely everything in the setting is made out of it. I'm like bone thrones, bone stage, bone doors, bone walls, bone everything. 
Oh, 100%. I've gone to Asphodel, and um... it's just bonies everywhere. <laughs> I'm going to get each of our players to roll 2d6, and I will use those results to generate our monster's three traits. So we are specifically trying to repair the relationship here between one particular monster on this awful born cinema world and the person that they did fall in love with before someone screwed with the timeline. Roz, uh, what have you uh, rolled? I rolled a five and a four. Uh... Our monster is lost. Goji, what did you roll? I rolled a six and a three. A six and a three gives us deadly. And Laura, what is our monster's final trait going to be? I rolled a six and a one. Artistic. Okay, so a creative type. They're lost, artistic, and deadly. That's really quite sweet. And probably some. Oh, right. uh, Finally. Probably some kind of skeleton. We shall see. Um, The last thing we need for your characters are your secret romance items. These are things that you've smuggled in from elsewhere in the time stream from alternate dimensions because you reckon they're going to be useful on the job. These are things like uh, literal rose-tinted glasses or the softest cushion, a very phallic vegetable. We can either roll 1d10 on the secret romance item table or if anyone has their own they'd like to mention... You can go with your own in any particular order if anyone would like to start. I'm gonna roll a d10 and see what I get off of that. Alright. Uh, I got a four. A uh, four is the universal pawn, which <gasps> is an interesting one. <laughs> Not like a, like a universal phrase. <laughs> the exact details I'll leave to you. Uh, Ross, did you also? Yeah, I got a three, which is a very phallic vegetable. Um, Very phallic. Okay, good to know. I'm sure that'll come into play. Uh, Goji, do you have your own, or would you like to roll? Um, I I am bringing the most adorable teddy bear. (gasps) Oh, that's cute. Okay, Um, is it like very very small? Is it large? Is it something you've been at a carnival? No, it's very small. Oh. All right. That's exactly uh, the noise it should elicit. Uh, and Roz, is it any particular vegetable just for the completeness? Oh yeah, of this thinking fiction? like a like a like a daikon radish. Okay, the big white guys. Just gonna just gonna Google what this fancy vegetable <laughs> is. Oh, I see. Yes, yeah, that's phallic. <laughs> I don't know why. Why I would I? T- why would I? <laughs> why would I bring a non-phallic vegetable? Hey, hey, this is a very phallic vegetable. It might just be have been that, I don't know, you had, um, what's a, maybe you had a potato that looked particularly like, oh, that's not a potato's usual shape. That's fair. It could have been something's up with that Very potato. generous. Generous. Oh. Okay. I, I think there's one element of the setting that we haven't done yet, which is the technology level. Of course, I... Really should have done more prep for this. Yes, we are going to roll 1d6. I'm going to roll this as a treat. Uh, Basically, the lower it is, the less. I've used the phrase technologically advanced. I kind of want to tweak that because that's... Yeah, 
you know, civilization isn't a linear scale. But generally, that's how that's going to go. I'm going to roll one. Oh, three, six. And we get a three on a scale of one to six, which is about 50% on a scale of undefined to undefined. So I'm going to say it's <laughs> roughly modern. Yeah, I, th- I feel like a three on that scale is is probably about modern day. Like like modern uh, modern modern day Earth ish. Uh, we 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 know what electricity is, which is convenient for having a cinema. Yeah. Um, also, on a playtesting note, immediately here going through this process, I'm realizing that this game needs a quick start page with I don't know a flowchart of generating the world because currently I'm scrolling up and down the document. That's yeah. why we're doing this. Okay. Um, we have done all of our preparation there. I think before we dive into the game proper, it would probably be best if we come up with just a little more information on what our monster looks like, and then we'll take a break while I prepare the monster's secret traits. Ooh. So, um, our monster is lost, deadly, and artistic. Does anyone want to throw anything out there for what this monster could potentially look like, act like, any of its behaviours? I'm just, I'm picturing, like, a sweet, very spiky skeleton man and, like, a tiny little oh, beret. good, yeah, berets, definitely. I, I, I like the thought that this, this is not deadly like they intend to be an assassin. This is just an inherent th- aspect of these aliens is, look, it's not our fault that we're covered in poison blades, you know, I just want to sit in my rocking chair doing my little pencil sketches. Probably part of why they feel lost is because everyone else on on this bone world is really into being, you know, a deadly spike-covered skeleton, and this guy's just like, oh man, I can't catch a break, I just want to I just want to doodle and go to the cinema. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I like the thought that Lost here isn't necessarily like they physically don't know where they are, but it's like, no, I, you know, I'm emotionally lost. Emotionally lost. They're distant. They're lacking, lacking that connection. trying to find their way, you know? They're trying to find their place in life. Yeah. Damn. I, they're just, I, I imagine that they that there's a little element to them, I don't know if this is visual or not, but that they, they're the kind of person you'd see sat on a bench lonely watching other people have fun. And they're they're like, oh, oh I'll just I'll just I'll sketch it. Oh, one day involved. that could be me. Hey, maybe one day I'll find love. <laughs> We've all been there, I'm sure. Or is that just me? Oh, I've, I've been there. <laughs> I've been. Uh, on that fairly depressing note, uh, actually, no, I am going to ask for one more, not mechanical trait for this monster, just for one more element in play in this description to make it a bit more monstrous. Because currently, it's extremely cute. And not even a little bit unnerving, other than the deadliness. But mm. if anyone could just throw out one more thing about this, maybe uh, it's not. A... <laughs> if you look too deep into its eyes, you're sucked into the cold expanse of space. Wow that that was gonna make ki- that's gonna make kissing challenging. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> I was gonna say was... made of teeth, but sure. Yeah, I was gonna say like maybe it's not a human skeleton, but void eyes. I, I do like Void, I like void eyes. eyes as well. The fucking, what is it? The Naruto Sharingan black hole thing. <laughs> There's See, a reference I, for you. I was thinking very differently. I was thinking um, Sonic Dreams Collection and that one mini game where you get sucked into Sonic's oh, one eyeball. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> From That's the, the one. pinnacle era of Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, yeah, on that note, uh, it is still a little early for us to take a break, but it's my show, so I'm going to do it anyway, and none of you can stop me, dear listeners. <laughs> uh, we'll be back promptly when I've generated some monster traits. And welcome back. So I have snuck away into my mischievous little lair to generate three secret criteria that this monster needs for a good romantic time. I am not going to be sharing those with the party yet. They need to be discovered through the first phase of the game. So Kissing in the Weird Future is broken into three parts. Uh, There is Recon. Uh, The Recon phase is what we'll be going into first. That's where you arrive on the scene and you have one hour of in-game time, not real time, to learn everything you need to pull off your mission. Your goals will be to identify the target, to learn their romantic requirements, and to hatch your plan for the next phase, the romance phase. At the end of that first hour, or when you decide to bail, time rewinds and takes you right back to the start of this mission. Once again, you have one hour, but this time, no rewinds, it's do or die. The party must implement their plan to engineer essentially the perfect recute, while meeting as many of the romantic requirements that I've secretly generated as possible. This phase will either end when your plan is executed and we enter the final kissing gauntlet, or if after one hour your plan has essentially gone to shit, uh, then the briefcase will automatically evacuate the cherubs, dooming the timeline. If that all goes well, then we'll get to the final kissing gauntlet, which I'll explain later. Cool. Uh, The first thing I'm going to need from our party then is what does it look like when you arrive in... Well, the weird future this time. So, uh, I'm trying to remember with, with with the the thing on this. Is the the cinema location the the place where the romance is going to be centered, or is that is that also where we arrive in this world, or do we arrive? Can um, we arrive anywhere in this world? You'll arrive within walking distance of the cinema yeah. at least. That's where the game is going to be generally focused. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna suggest that we we sort of arrive in this world of electricity crackling at the time briefcases, right in the middle of like a packed, busy high street of many, many bone-built businesses and stores. Um, Shall we almost get run over by a car? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great start, guys. The wheels are circular bones. Skulls, I think they're called. Skulls, yeah, there you go. Skulls for wheels on the bone cars. <laughs> There's a bus stop nearby. The bus doesn't actually have any wheels. It's just a giant metal box that's picked up by an incredibly tall skeletal giant and put down at a different bus stop for people to climb out. That's something I'm that's saying is a thing. That's raw as hell. That yeah, it's the weird future. The only thing I can think of is that I, it, it, whenever I think about this... Everything is in black and white, like an old movie. Yes! Yeah. Ooh! All the, they're all, like, vintage cartoon skeletons. All, like, Fleischer. I I kind of want to throw a, a wrinkle into this. I like the thought that there's not necessarily in it any spoken verbal words in this world. It is, to lean into that black and white aspect, it's all just black and white movie soundtrack. All right. I'm going to say the agents can speak, you can speak to yeah. each other, and if you speak to a character, if you speak to a boneman, 
they will roughly understand you, but they're maybe, not going to be speaking maybe, back. Maybe they communicate through um uh what's through through, uh, through title card through text title cards. <laughs> All right. Um, with a bright flash of light and the smell of ozone, you unfold out of nothingness onto the middle of this busy high street, just leaving a small scorch on the pavement, narrowly sidestepping out of the way of a horde of tiny skeletal horses pulling a carriage. Um, there are tourists riding in the back of it. It's clearly an outdated technology, just a novelty. On this street is a bustling clap, a bustling crowd of skeletal people of varying heights, specifically going from about uh, two feet all the way up to about ten feet on this street, and in the distance you can see looming titans of bone who are presumably the same species, just very very tall. Um, there are all manner of businesses and contrivances here that you could be looking for. But you have your target. Uh, first things first, do we have a name for the target? If not, I'll give you one. Oh. His name is Marrow McNugget. No, that's a McDonald's food item. <laughs> I was going for Scottish and I missed. All right, fine. His name is uh, Marrow McNugget. We'll just ride with what Jess's brain said. And... Based on the briefing, the very, very quick, rapid-fire, far too unhelpful briefing you were given, you'll be able to find Marrow at the cinema, apparently. Okay. Um, first thought that I have about trying to work out what some of their their interests, their secret interests might be, is maybe go sneak in and see what film they're watching, and see, like, okay, what's, what's the standard for, like, you know, uh, desirable romantic interest in the film if there is one. Ooh, good question. Alright. Also, are they enjoying it or are they jeering at it? <gasps> Ooh, yeah. Does anyone actually jeer at the cinema anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you sound so nostalgic, Ross. <laughs> yeah, why don't people get dressed up to go on airplanes anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, just snatching the steering wheel of the show back from Jerry Seinfeld... It's really easy to spot the cinema because it's got a huge marquee uh, consisting of two incredibly tall thigh bones propping up a sheet of what's hopefully just fabric. Um, And on the marquee, it says that the films currently showing are, uh, let's see, Bone Alone. Nope, that sounds X-rated. I'm trying to put a bone spin in there, but they're all coming out as porn. Oh no. Um, Phibia Fantasy, The Spirits Within? Yes! Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Phibia Fantasy, The Spirits Within. It is coming out to, let's say, mixed reviews. Um, (laughs) Jurassic Park, why not? And uh, yes, Bone Alone, it's exactly the same film, but with skeletal children. I'd watch Bone Alone. I'm glad you're having fun, Koji. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, and in a little ticketing booth just outside the cinema, there is a skeleton with a big bushy grey moustache somehow, and a quite a formal cap. Uh, he says nothing as you approach. 
So is the mustache like sensory whiskers? I'm imagining it more old train conductor, big bushy mustache. Beautiful. Just attached to the bone, because why not? It's the future. Uh, he rattles meaningfully. Unfortunately, exactly what that meaning is, you couldn't quite say. Oh no! What do they? What do they use? This, are the bones? Are the bones also their money? <laughs> little like little phalanges. <laughs> uh, phalange coins. You don't know what their money is. Uh. Hmm. I feel like I have to talk in some kind of like old timey voice in order to distract this, like not distract, interact with this uh, bone man. Just like you there. How much for a ticket to the picture show? He points meaningfully to a sign on the wall which says, um, "Adult tickets five bits, children's tickets three bits." Okay. Well, we can probably get children's tickets, right? <laughs> I mean, we all we all look young enough. I, I suspect. Is there? I an, am in a suit and shutter shades. Is there a minimum age at which below which we can just get in for free with some adults if we just follow in behind them and look like we're we're like infants behind them? I think that's going to be trouble because we're not skeletons. With the number of people going into and out of the cinema, you can see that. No one's getting in for free. Even the toddlers are getting having the bad tickets. Hmm. We could sneak in. Time to go. Time to go rob some skeletons. <laughs> I mean, you also don't forget you have your stats. You have kissing and weird future to basically just do whatever you want. This is what happens. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna try and uh, mm, I'm gonna try and use um weird. Mm-hmm. In order to um, attempt to try and like find a a bone vending machine and see if I can like watch someone using it to get a sense of what this currency is, and or hit the return key a bunch and see if I can just trick it into putting some money out. All right, yeah. Um... So I've got to roll what a d six. Yeah, roll me a d six. You're aiming to get equal to or lower than your weird score. Yes. Um. So I rolled a one, which is definitely below my score. Perfect. Yeah. Um. There is essentially the entrance to a mall nearby. Uh, just inside of which, inside of that entrance, is a vending machine. Selling all manner of calcium-based snacks. You get little bottles of milk. It's all very cute. Don't want to know where those are. <laughs> um, yeah, you see... Some whoppers. There's a slot, a receptacle, which someone's putting into them. Misshapen lumps of white material, which, going by what you've seen, is probably some kind of bone. They're pulling out a little drawer, putting the lumps in there, closing the drawer, and pressing the button for what they want. Normally a couple of times, because it seems like the machine is kind of dodgy. Okay, okay. As soon as they're not using it, I shake the machine viciously. <laughs> um, alright. I'm going to carry over that one you rolled, because that was a really good roll. And I'm going to say that uh, you hear in the, what would be a coin return, someone's left their change. <gasps> what are they doing? What not only that, but you manage to knock free one pack of 
Um, Dr. Calcifer's dehydrated bone meal. Oh, lovely. Sounds delicious. It's one of your 12 a day, it says in the packaging. <laughs> uh, yes, you now have, let's say... Well, you don't actually know how much you have. You've got about five of these lumpy, misshapen things. But from the fact that you've seen smaller ones, this is probably going to be enough to get you into the theatre. Do I reckon it's going to be enough to get me, us all in? Oh, all of you. Okay. Um, awesome. I, I, head, I head back over and I just sort of meekly hold the handful and point at all three of us and hope that they don't rip me off by taking too much. Oh, are you pointing at me? Because uh, Amorous Mo is currently crawling on the ceiling trying to scuttle in. <laughs> God damn I it, mean, Gochi. I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't point at you until I know whether this has succeeded or failed. Okay. I am going to, as I so often have to do in my life, deal with Goji first. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Jess. Goji, describe your methodology here to me. Bearing in mind that you you canonically have wings. Oh, yes. yeah. So I've fluttered on up to the ceiling, and I'm just, like, I'm stuck to the ceiling like some sort of, like, abominable flesh baby gecko. And in a suit. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm scampering along the ceiling trying to slip in through the door upside down. All right. Um, I'm going to say that hiding someone counts as an interpersonal relationship or the lack thereof. Give me a kissing roll. A kissing roll. Okay, let me get my my D6. Oh, I got a one. Oh, perfect. At one point, someone does look at you, but you don't get a reaction. <laughs> you don't get an, oh my God, it's someone sneaking in. You just get a read of pure confusion, like... Can I, like, turn my head around slowly and shush them? (laughs) (laughs) This has got a lot more horror than I expected. (laughs) You've gone train spotting on me. (laughs) All right, uh, yes. Which film are you sneaking towards? Um, I'm assuming the target film. I'm, I'm... I'm going into the same place as everyone else. I'm just, I'm just doing it uh, amorous Moe's special way. Well, see, we we don't know what the target film is. I don't think there's three different targets we could be seeing. That is true. We will leave Goji in the lobby for that for now. Then, or rather, oh, shit. Um, amorous Mo. Eloise, without any further real trouble, manages to buy two tickets. The ticketer skeleton takes two of the little bits, leaving you with three left. And prints out two tickets and gives them to you. Lovely. Uh, I presume you enter the lobby. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Start poking our heads around, trying to find this uh, this this cool. target. I want to get some snacks. You know when you step into a cinema lobby and you are hit with the overwhelming aroma of too much popcorn and too much sugar. Yeah. Yeah, you get oh, that, man. but it's like it's like stock. It's like. Like stock, like gravy, you get a real hit of oh, oh umami no. and savoury. Is it? I'm gonna get myself me? a whole bucket full of salted teeth. Ross, <laughs> <laughs> you're ahead of me. Oh, why does that sound good? Yeah. <laughs> Extra marrow on mine, please. That's better than I was fearing, which is I I was fearing this was gonna go like horror and it's gonna be like, ah, 
it's its bucket of, of savory flesh. Like, I, uh, I, I was worried this was going to be a meat-based thing. I wouldn't spring that on you without at least checking before the recording, I think. Not That's... barrels and barrels of meat. Uh... Um, yeah, you are in the lobby. Again, it's crowded. There's a little ice cream stand. It seems like it's just regular, unflavored ice cream, but it's terribly expensive. There's a little, um, a separate concession stall where people are getting out, um, popcorn buckets full of salted teeth, sometimes with a caramel glaze. There's, um, big, big, like, American Big Gulp style, um, what's, what's the word for a vessel that you put a drink in? A, a cup? Cup. Giant, like, big gulp cup style <laughs> things full of goji. Seriously, I've had a day. I, 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 overth- I overthought that considerably. I was on, like, gobbler. Yeah, like those, there are like chalices, chalices full know. of... Yeah, build big gulp chalices full of essentially reduced stock, presumably also made from some kind of bones. And then there is... One little corridor leading off to the three screens. It looks like each of the three films currently being shown here are essentially just being played on loop for rotating audiences. They've only got the three shows and three screens. Oh, lame. What did you buy a ticket for? Two tickets for, not three. I I don't know. We we I I, I, I asked for tickets. I don't know what our tickets right. say on them. You have tickets to. Uh, I said Jurassic Park was in there, uh, but oh, that's no. too mundane. You have tickets for Tibia Fantasy. I can I just say I realised there was a much 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 better pun for this movie name, which was Spinal oh, Fantasy. <gasps> Yes, you have tickets to see Spinal <laughs> Fantasy if Jess has forgotten the subheading. The Spirits yeah. Within. Spirits Within, that's the one. You have tickets to see Spinal Fantasy, Spirits Within, but only two, because Goji was causing problems. Uh, at this point, you have... I'm going to say you have 40 minutes left before you get kicked back to the start of the mission. Oh, man. What you do now... I haven't seen any other Spinal Fantasies. I don't know if I'm going to be able to like keep up with the the lore. Oh, it's a standalone. Don't worry. I think Eloise is going to head into Spinal Fantasy because um, Skull Firoth is just a really, really you know that trench coat's really good. She's really into the fashion of it. Of course, of course, Eloise Darkthorn wants to go see Spinal Fantasy. This is yeah. Wants to go. Wants to go see the big, the big, the big long-haired goth with the sword. Yes, please. Boyfriends are from. I'm going in too, so I can write a a disparaging blog post about how bad. Okay, I guess you get my ticket then. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna snoop around out here, uh, and see if I can't find any extra information. Uh, maybe by peeking into some of the other places, if I can sneak by, uh, and see if I can't find um, yeah, find out a bit more about where we've ended up. We kind of didn't... <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I don't know anything about this place. I'm excited to find out. Um, Hey, listener. I haven't actually seen the Final Fantasy film or played any Final Fantasy other than 14, which I have an exhaustive encyclopedic knowledge of. So <laughs> I'm going to use a lot of the names from Final Fantasy 14 that I know were in previous Final Fantasies. We'll see where it takes people, us. People have big swords, dumb. They do. Sid. I'm pretty sure there's a Sid in every Final Fantasy. 
Oh my god, I have such a crush on Sid Garland. Uh, okay, so, hang on, character names. Amorous Moe and Eloise Darkthorn are going in to see Spinal Fantasy. I'm going to deal with Skip Schoolchuck first, who's hanging out in yeah, the lobby. Yeah, I want uh, to see what people are doing. Just learn a little bit more about what's going on. Um, you know, what's the is is Spinal Fantasy the most popular okay. movie? Are more people going to go see um, Bone Alone? <laughs> or Jurassic Park, which still don't have a pun for. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you three people. You can choose one of them to approach. One is a skeletal figure there uh, pushing a mop around, but the mop just has hair instead of bristles, and it's just kind of moving a load of dust. Uh, They're wearing a blue waistcoat, which seems to indicate they work here. Uh, You could alternatively go up to the concession stand and speak to someone who's slinging teeth. Or you could speak to the child skeleton who is staring at the posters for each of the films, trying to work out which to see. Uh, I want to talk to the uh, the Bone Custodian. Um, by the way, come see my new band, Bone Custodian. I would go see Bone Custodian. Oh, yeah. I want to be a Bone Custodian. Hey, just by existing as a human, you are a Bone Custodian. Unless you're doing something very badly. <laughs> you ever think about how our bones are always Too wet? often. The bone custodian's bones are very, very dry, apart from where a kid spilt a little bit of fanta nice. on him. Uh, I, wa- I want to uh, I wanna offer him a cigarette. <laughs> and, ju- and, ju- and just like, uh, you know... Is, this, is smoking allowed in here? No one, no one can get lung disease. He points to his exposed ribs where his lungs would be but then shoots you a finger gun as like a nice. i appreciate the sentiment uh, i want to uh, i want to find out when he finishes work you just straight up ask him when do you get off work uh oh man that uh yeah i do i'm not gonna uh this this seems like a kissing role huh yeah, give me a kissing role, because again, interpersonal relationships, it's not necessarily romantic. Ooh, I got a two. That's, that's bang on my kissing. Perfect, yeah. He holds up ten fingers, and then holds up ten more, and ten more, they just kind of fall out of his palms. From this, you would assume it gets off in about 30 minutes. About which 30 is minutes. Yeah, um, about ten minutes before you get warped out of here. Okay, cool. So that's when that's when people change shift. So if uh, you know if we need to do some sneaking around, uh, you know, get out of here before things hit the fan. Oh, look at look good to know. Look, look at you having smart ideas. Where I had previously <laughs> assumed you were just like, now nah, forget about this date. We're supposed to be setting up for this alien. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a cool skeleton date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wondered where you were going with that, but that's great. All right, um, he. Uh, and again, you can tell that he is a male skeleton from his flourishing moustache, because in skeleton society, that's a thing. Sure. No, I'm going to cut that out, because gender norms and facial hair. Um, Is the skeleton binary moustache or bow? I feel like that's where we're going. I was going to go, that was where I was going, but then I decided, do I actually want to lean into that? I'm just going to cut this entire bit of the conversation out, I think. 
you can just tell that this skeleton uses he him pronouns because it's a tabletop game and I can do that. Just well, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a pronoun badge on. Yeah. Oh, where? Uh, oh, in his vest. I, I thought he just had it like jammed into the crevices of his ribs or something. Uh, no, but from the crevices of his ribs, he pulls out a small piece of card on a lollipop stick, which says, "Is there anything else I can help you with?" He's got oh. them in there, like like toast in a toast rack. Oh. Oh. oh, got like up to up to twelve. Yeah, I don't know how many ribs people have, honestly. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just gonna shoot him finger guns right back. Um, uh, and give him like a hang ten, and then uh, try and sneak into uh, try and sneak into a different movie. Tell you what, if you want to let me know which movie you're sneaking into, and then we will cut back to Goji and Lara for one final scene of this episode. Uh, sure, yeah, I'm gonna sneak into Bone Alone. The Spinal Fantasy theater room is sparse maybe that's why he sold you the tickets from what you can tell it doesn't look like a lot of people are into this there's maybe six seats are taken uh all six different people who came to see this film on their own but the 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 key question is 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 any of them our target the information i'm going to give you here is there is one particular skeleton sat on the very back row and he's looking at, I can't think of any puns, he's just looking at Cloud and Aerith, yes? Yeah! Yeah, yes. I can do this. Okay. Um, and a single tear of milk trickles down the corner of his eye, down his face. And you can see That's that he's... That's the wrong Final Fantasy movie! Pulled out... Uh, quite a nice, high-quality sketchbook. And he's just drawing <gasps> pictures of all these characters spending time together. And underneath, he's just written in quite sad handwriting, God, I wish this was me. <laughs> Aww. 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 Okay, I think we found our target. Yeah, I think we'll wrap up the first episode there, because it looks like we're going to get probably another half episode out of this, yeah? I reckon so. Lovely stuff. Uh, thank you so, so much, uh, Laura and Roz, for joining us. Um, is there anything in particular, let's start with Roz, that you would like to tell our dearest listener about? Uh, just now, follow me on Twitter at AllThingsTruly, where I tweet about the games I'm making. Um, and you can find uh, one of those games in uh, Pretentious Games for Villains and Bastards, now on Kickstarter. We've Gold just been looking at the art for Terpsichorean, and it's really cool. All the oh, art for these games really is great, but yes. All right, and uh, Laura, where can we find you and your countless projects? Uh, you can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all those sort of things. Uh, I do weekly videos about accessibility in video games over on YouTube in a series called Accessibility. Um... The main things I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shill. Uh June tenth, I've got a book coming out called Gender Euphoria, which is an anthology of non cis people's just positive gender affirming real life stories. Um also 
I made a, a tabletop thing of my own that you can go download for free. Uh, it's called Hole in One Shot, and it's a sports anime themed uh, tabletop one shot you can play. You can find it on itch.io. Just search for Hole in One Shot. Links are in the description. I need to check that out. That sounds really cool. Uh, um, I would. I think I, I want to particularly shout out accessibility right now because before watching it, I thought I knew what it meant for a game to be properly accessible. Uh, turns out, as would be expected from my lack of professional experience, huge swathes of things I would never have considered. It is well worth your time checking out. Well, thank you. Uh, let's take a... Well, we'll take a break. Listeners, you're going to have us back in your lovely ears in a week, hopefully with more proper words in my mouth, because I've run out. All right. Uh, yeah. Bye. 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 Toodle. Thank you.